Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Welcome back to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods, and today we get to chat with Kyle Nemus. He's a seventh grade science teacher from South Brunswick, New Jersey. He's a He's a guy using a lot of flipped learning in his classroom, and he also, with a friend, invented something that can really help your classroom, especially when kids have a lot of questions, and I'm excited to talk with him about that. So welcome to the show today, Kyle. Chris? Yeah, and um, let's, let's first just start off. You're, you're a science teacher. How do you get interested in science? Because I like to always ask and see why, why are people interested in that science, technology, engineering, and math stuff? You know what, actually, since third grade, I wanted to be a math teacher. Um, and so my entire life, I was gonna be a math teacher. And then when I got to college, I was an elementary ed major. And then the second major I chose was called math, science, technology. Yeah. And then it just kind of grew a, a love of, of science. I already had a little love, but I think it just made me realize how fun science would be to teach. Nothing against math, but um, i very happy I went down the route because teaching science, especially at middle school level, is, is just a lot of fun. Oh, I, I can imagine. There's a lot of probably experiments, a lot of labs, a lot of getting kids outside, a lot of making and, you know, stuff like that, right? Yeah, it, it's it's that perfect mix of higher level concepts, you know, genetics and biology, but, but they're still 12, 13 years old, so you can still play and have fun, and, and there's still a whole lot of love of learning going on. And, and that's what we need a lot of more. And we need to foster that love of learning, uh, that, that inquisitiveness, that curiosity that kids still have at that middle school age. Yep, for sure. So, um, so you do a lot of flip learning. So, so give, give a quick little, um, how do you do it? And, and maybe how is it unique from somebody else? Or, or, or even just tell us even also, what is flip learning for somebody that still don't quite understand it? Yeah, and that's a good question. I think when flip learning first came out, however long ago it was, let's say, you know, five, six, seven years ago, yep. it kind of had right like teacher records a lesson at home the kids watch it they come in they do the work and what's been really cool because i've been pretty um involved in the flip community is that it's really kind of evolved into what every teacher wants it to be um so i can tell you what i do and some people might argue it's not even flipped but um so basically my all my lessons are still recorded and there's a whole lot of benefits to that because kids can work at their own pace and they have access to the videos whenever they want um but then i don't have them watch it at home just because sometimes it's hard for them to watch it. They're busy, lack of technology. So they have uh, the ability to watch the videos in class along with a whole lot of other options to choose from. So um, I guess the, the simplest way to describe it is every student is kind of told what the end goal is as far as learning a topic. And then they get my recorded lesson along with a whole lot of options so they can choose the best way to get to that goal. And then I'm the facilitator who walks around and, and helps them and asks probing questions and things like that. All right. So, so instead of them watching at home, like it's pretty traditional, you know, flip learning and the original idea, I guess, idea of flip learning, you have them, they can watch it right in your classroom. So they have devices, you have a little computer area for them or. Yeah. So our school isn't one-to-one, -one, but I can get devices um, a decent amount. So they're on devices, which is great. And it, it, I'll tell you right now, from a kid point of view and even a parent point of view, it's kind of weird at first, you know, because yeah. It's almost like, wait, why am I watching a video of you when you're standing right next to me? You know what I mean? That kind of, like, isn't this your job to teach me, you know? So there's always a little bit of a learning curve in the beginning because it just kind of seems weird. But then almost, yeah, I will tell you, every single year, almost every single kid, little by little, 
they get it because then they get the fact that they're watching my lesson at one times the speed but the other kids watching it at one and a half times or 0.75 so every kid gets the same lesson but at their own speed and then there's also i would say there's two of me in the classroom there's the digital me who's giving the lesson and then there's a real life me who's walking around helping asking questions things like that so pretty quickly they catch on to the benefits okay so even even i'm thinking kids could could um watch it twice, watch it three times if they need to. They can back up and, and watch a part again that they didn't understand the first time as well. Totally. And, and it, even from a parent point of view, so I always make a parent video that explains it because for that reason it seems different, but parents will always say it's just so wonderful because think about the normal, like if you ask your kid, hey, what'd you learn in, in biology today, right? They'll kind of tell you their definition what they learned, but inevitably they'll probably leave stuff out or they forget things. So a parent can watch the lesson right along with the kids. So there's no middlemen anymore. They can really get, be a lot more involved in learning than ever before, which is pretty great. Awesome. So, so then, so you have the kids learning those lessons there in class. Um, you're, you're able to go around and, and so what are all the other kids doing then? Once, I mean, you're answering questions, you're, you're helping them with labs or experiments and things like that. Yeah. 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 And so sometimes you're running like mini lessons. So like I said, I teach biology. So, uh, we do a lot of stuff with like organs and we do a lot of dissections and things like that. So as kids mm -hmm. are learning, I, I'll pull small groups and, you know, we'll actually hold a real heart and look inside one and things like that. So like I said, my job is really just, I get to do all the great stuff, right? I get to yeah. just have a lot of great individual conversations, small group lessons. Um, and don't get me wrong. This is only a few days a week. Other days we're still playing and we're, we're getting in there with some, you know, engineering stuff or some dissections or labs and, it's just kind of a whole mix of everything. This just takes the place of me standing in front of the classroom, having the kids take notes, which I just don't think is the most effective way to deliver lessons. Yeah, it's more it's more targeted. You know, I mean, even I guess you could think of another technology, you know, in, in recent history, you know, the ideas of, of chemotherapy and different cancer drugs and stuff. And at the beginning, it was just kind of this, this blast of, of the drug. And now they're much more targeted. You know, I guess you can say that's the same thing kind of with, with education and flip learning as well. So, yeah, it's a lot more personalized, which is, I think I'm glad that education seems to be going down that trend of a lot more personalized learning. Yeah. And so, so you and uh, you realize there's all these kids asking these questions. So let's, let's, let's turn to that. You, you and a friend um, started this idea called classroom Q. So, so tell us how that happened. Yeah. So, like I said, because I spend a lot of my days walking around helping kids, assisting kids, asking questions, things like that, um, something that always drove me crazy was if I would be sitting down talking to a kid, having a really good conversation, and I'd see a kid or maybe two kids across the room with their hands up, right, because they had to ask a question or check in or something like that. And it, it always drove me crazy because not only are they sitting there kind of just doing nothing as they wait for you to get there, but also... Yeah as I'm talking to one student, I almost felt a little bit rushed. Like I, I couldn't just really get into the conversation because I saw hands up. So I, I kind of almost would cut the conversation short a lot. And I just, I didn't like that dynamic. So there's all these kind of non-technology ways to solve that problem that we've come up with in the past, right? You can have a kid write their name on the board or people have done the cup system where you flip a cup or, you know, there's, so there's been all these things. Yeah. Um, but I, I, my thought was there's got to be some sort of technology that can just kind of solve this easy uh, problem I guess I'm having just that like I want to be able to get to kids and let them keep working without sitting there with their hands up so right. that's kind of the problem we tried to solve with classroom Q is it just kind of uses technology um, to to solve this problem 
So, so classroom Q, just letter Q, classroomq.com. Um, you can find on Twitter at the classroom Q. Again, we're chatting with Kyle Nemus, who you can also find on, on Twitter at Kyle Nemus, N-I-E-M-I-S. And, um, and we can also put those information in the, in the show notes. You can, you can find that. But um, so you and a friend just said, we don't find anything out there that that's really what we want. So let's try making it. And, and of course you got rich and, and successful and famous at, at the same time, right, Kyle? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm on your podcast, so we'll call that famous, but uh, I don't know <laughs> the, the rich part just yet, obviously. So, no, no, no. We Listen, we are at the boat where it's, it's – my friend is also a teacher. We're just two teachers who made something for our classroom because we couldn't believe it didn't exist, honestly. We're like right. – so the idea, like I'll, I'll just get a little into it, is that when a kid needs help, they click a button on their screen. It's web-based, and their name gets added to a digital – cue that the teacher can either project as they walk around the class or they can have it on their phone as they walk around the class and it just really it makes things easier and we couldn't believe something like that didn't exist so my and martino he's the tech guy he's i mean he's he can either make things happen or he knows the guy to make things happen i'm just kind of the guy who came up with the idea and i help um i guess kind of make things work smoothly in the classroom but yeah it, it didn't exist so we we decided to make it and so now we're at the spot right now it's about a year and a half old we're just trying to get the word out to teachers and see if they like it and it you know there's got to be i think with the trend of going more one-to-one and more teachers being guides on the side instead of stages on the stage i really think it has the potential to help a lot of different teachers well and i can i can think of just myself in my own classroom and and especially i would think at at middle school or elementary level where kids are like i gotta put my hand up and then they'll they'll start doing that my arm is tired and they're waving their arm and all they can think about is their arm in the air instead of Hey, I could I could let my teacher know, push the button. He's going to get to me. My teacher is going to get to me, and then I can work on something else while I wait. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and so we had this. Uh, we had a person, uh, Jesse Boyce. She's wonderful down in Florida, and she used it and loved it and wrote this whole blog about it. And she was called the baby duck syndrome. She felt like she was, entry <laughs> was walking around the classroom, and kids were going to like following her like little baby ducks asking her questions. And she said like you know it solved her baby duck problem, which I thought was funny. All right. So educators, if you have a baby duck problem yourself in your classroom or you have the tired arm syndrome, um, then then definitely check it out. Classroomq.com. Um, it's it's free to kind of try it out, get it started. But if you know, if you want to, you know, help support uh, Kyle and, and his friend who who've put the effort into making it, which which is reasonable. Um, you guys you guys took extra time on the side to to make something that you knew would be be helpful. It's it's still not an expensive thing to to do or sign up for. Yeah, and and we also the, the free version is really designed. Most people use the free version because it allows you to have up to five kids. Um, in the queue at a time and so for most teachers you don't have more than five kids who need you all at the exact same time so for the most part it's it's really good for most uh, teachers most subjects and the the money is just that we have a couple of extra features we can download data and things like that but most people like, like the free version just fine and we'll use that one yeah so check it out classroomq.com um, that's just another great idea. Um, always love finding these great ideas. These, these people doing awesome stuff. And, and I love Kyle that you, uh, you, you looked around, you said, this is something to be helpful in my class. Uh, I can't find it out there. Uh, I'm going to make it. And, and even though you said you didn't have the technical expertise, you, you knew a friend. And, and again, that's, that's part of, part of the great part about education right now, where I think there's just so much connection between educators uh, that, that we all know someone that's probably an expert at something when we're, when we're stuck with something on our own. 
Yep, absolutely. So, so teachers, if you've got that great idea, um, find that friend that'll help you help you make it work. So, um, let's let's go back, Kyle, to uh, the fact you're a science teacher. You, you're doing flipped learning. Um, everything works great. You've you've never had any failures in your classroom. Uh, everything goes well, right? I, I would say I'm the king of failures. Um, <laughs> Based on this classroom cue thing, you can see my personality is very much like, let's just go for something and see what happens. And uh, as is often the case, it doesn't always pan out the way you want. I've, I've experimented with plenty of lessons or tech tools or try to do something I think is going to be amazing and fun, and it, it, is, it flops a whole lot. But I think as anyone else who's out there who's a similar, you know that in the end, though, you, you fine-tune it, and hopefully you end up with a good product. It just might take a, a few failures along the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've done that too, where I think, Oh, this is going to be great. The kids are going to love it. And, and they're like, are you kidding? Can we get done with this? Can we move on? And it's like, okay, I got to scrap it. And I'll try it again next year. Um, yeah. That happens all the time. <laughs> if we're, if we're trying, if we're just doing the same thing and we're never given um, any, uh, any notice to what the kids are feeling, we're, then I guess, I guess maybe we're never failing. We're, we're always experts in our own minds. So um, what do you, what do you think about, I mean, STEM education where, I mean, like, like you, your, your school's not one-to-one, -one, but, but you have the option of, you have the, the technology available. More schools are adding that. Um, more schools are, are saying, how can we add more, more STEM to our classrooms? Uh, what do you, what do you see as the future of STEM education? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I think that right now we're kind of right in this bubble where we're pushing STEM and it's uh, kind of all over the place. And my honest opinion is that I think, it, of course it, ha it has a, a phenomenal potential benefit but I also think that we have to be careful with it. I think mm -hmm. that um, we need to make sure that we're using the technology, not for the sake of technology, uh, but something that hopefully solves a problem for your classroom or allows you to do things you could never do before. I think that maybe five years ago, we can get away with using technology as like a bell and a whistle because it was new and exciting to kids. But I think we're kind of past it, don't you? I think we're kind of past that kids getting just excited just because it's technology. Yeah, like, oh boy, we have laptops or Chromebooks or iPads and, and now that's wore off because most of them have something just as powerful in their pocket um, that, that, they've, that they've started to treat as just an entertainment device instead of educational device. That's right. So I think that we need to, as educators, be careful because there's the whole conversation about digital natives and versus digital immigrants. And sometimes things that we think are going to be exciting and different can really fall flat. So we have to make sure that what we're doing more than anything, it helps us teach better and, and get, you know, keep them engaged or, or solves a problem, not just because it looks like it's going to be a cool thing to try. And, and with you uh, doing your flip learning, you, you, you took something that was starting to become common. You know, I mean, actually it was, you were probably one of the earlier adopters of it, but, but you were using it and you were recording yourself teaching. And, and again, if, if a kid sees that, that useful of, of technology, instead of just, I'm just entertaining or, um, things like that. You're you're trying to find ways to show them to model. This is the way to actually use the technology for your for your use. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is, and it's been evolving all the time. And and one of the best things I think that ever happened to me using this flipped was that I guess about three years ago, this I was teaching, and this one girl said to my face, she's like, "I really don't like your lessons, and I can't learn from a videotape." And it was one of the best that ever happened because it forced me to evolve and stay focused on my main goal, which wasn't using technology, which was helping her learn. So then that really opened the door to now what I would call like my, my choice method. So kids have a lot more choice and things like that. So for anyone listening, I would just say like, really take those opportunities where kids uh, give you feedback about what's not working because it really could lead to something much better and, and much more um, robust. 
Yeah, and you use the word choice. I mean, now now we're seeing a lot more use of that uh, word in, in education uh, circles, that idea of giving kids multiple different ways and opportunities to learn. And like you said, flip learning can work for some kids and not for others. Yep, totally. Yeah, but even, you know, I'll tell you right now, we're talking about failures. One of my biggest failures I ever did was giving kids too much choice because I was so excited about this. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to give kids all these choices so everyone has the ability to learn how they want to learn. And then I had so many different options that when I actually presented my lessons to the kids, it was so overwhelming to them and they had no idea which option to even choose. So even choice you have to be careful with because it has to be really thought out and really uh, minimalist as far as what you, you give them and, and not just giving them you know everything on the internet because that's going to backfire as well. Yeah, yeah, and and we're living in a we're living in a society that um, because of uh, that, that technology that's all around us, we have so many choices available of what to do with our time. Really, all the time. Um, I I remember reading about Steve Jobs and and his choice of the same clothes every day was because he was so tired of making all these other decisions and all these other choices. So he's like, I just want to make one choice. My clothes are the same every day. So, yep. So yeah, it's a great call. Yeah. Um, so, uh, kids, uh, they, they must love being in your class, um, because you're engaging teacher. Uh, again, we're talking with Kyle Nemus. Uh, you're, you're definitely in, engaging. I can imagine kids just love being in your class, but, but they love science. There's something about that, that science. Like you said, it, it's fun. You, you, you shied away from being a math teacher. I'm a math teacher. I won't hold it against you, Kyle, but, uh, <laughs> what, what makes kids just gravitate so much, uh, to, to science? You know, especially at my level, seventh grade, I think there's something just so wonderful about, like, how, how can you say holding a heart in your hand is not just amazing fun and, like, you know, like, hold, you know, unwinding an intestine across the room. So, um, I, a phenomenal hands-on piece that science lends itself to with the dissections and, you know, you don't have to force hands-on, it kind of happens naturally. Um, but I also just think that one of my favorite things about science is the fact that it is it leads to a real a whole lot of good conversations. Like when we do genetics and talk about where we're going with our future and the, the technology that's changing. So every year I have to teach genetics different because it, we're at a different spot every year. So I know I think the kids in my class in particular love the hands-on piece um, and they love the idea that it's kind of ever changing. It is. And, and if, as an educator, if you're not keeping up with, with information that's out in the news, you know, like finding those news articles that say, Hey, you know, this genetics or, or this ethical question that's rising because of genetic uh, engineering and stuff like that, 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 that you're falling behind and you're not giving those kids that best education, that best learning that you can. Yeah, for sure. Um, one last, one last question that I like to ask everybody, but um, before I, before I ask you that, Kyle, um, any, anything else that we've chatted about? Again, we've chatted about uh, Classroom Q, uh, your great program that, that teachers can try out at classroomq.com. Um, we talked about flip learning. Any, anything else, any other things you want to go back to and, and just um, share a couple of more ideas about or anything? Sure. I guess I'll just say one last piece about Classroom Q because I said we're a year and a half and I've been asking so many teachers for feedback and what's been yeah. really great. So if you don't have that problem of the tired hand or whatever it is, it's such a simple program that what's been really cool is we're finding that teachers have found all different uses for it. Like for example, it could be used as like a digital buzzer to see who rang in first during like Jeopardy games or things like that. Um, or it's been really good for like increasing peer assistance. So if you project the list, maybe you're not the one helping them, but you project them and other kids have the opportunity now to help other kids. So I just want to, so it's been really cool because it's such a simple tool that if you 
I don't know, have kids on devices, you might be able to find a way to use it. And, um, and if you do, I would love to hear how you're using it. Those are, those are some awesome ideas. I, I hadn't even thought of either of those, but yeah, those are, those are perfect. Again, and that's, and that's what good teachers are doing. They're looking around and saying, what can I, how can I reuse something uh, in a different way? And teachers, and sometimes the kids are very good at, at thinking of those ideas too. So yeah, for sure. So definitely check it out. ClassroomQ.com. And again, um, Kyle Nemus, um, finding those things for us at Kyle Nemus on Twitter. Uh, one last question, uh, fun final question. I'd like to ask everybody, if you could have somebody from STEM, from science, technology, engineering, and math, come be a guest speaker in your classroom uh, to talk to the kids, uh, who would you love to have in your classroom? That is such a good question, right? And because who, there's so many wonderful people. If I had to choose someone though, I would choose Rosalind Franklin. Okay. Her? Yep, yep. Yeah, and I think just because I've been really starting to learn a lot about her, and for those who don't, she's Watson and Crick always get the credit kind of for discovering DNA. Yep. And Rosalind was a, a woman who was really kind of had a hard time fighting that battle of being a woman in science and really is finally starting to get the credit she deserves. So I would love to hear her thoughts and just really hear her story from a, really what she actually did. And also, I think she would be really empowering to especially female scientists. Yeah, yeah. And, and so many people um, share... Uh, share examples like that. Somebody that that maybe isn't just the, the, the top of that that typical scientist list that we think of, um, and and we can gain so much, especially when we when we start hearing about somebody like that. So so definitely awesome. That'd be great. I bet the kids would love that. They love it. <laughs> you'd you'd be you'd be learning as much as the kids, right? Yeah, for sure. So well, uh, Kyle, I want to I want to thank you again for being on the show today. Thanks for reaching out and and uh, being a guest on on the STEM Everyday podcast today, Kyle. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, again, Kyle Nemus. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Nemus. That's N I E M I S. Uh, also, Q.com. And any other any other ways do you want people to reach out to you, Kyle? I mean, those are great. All right. And, and again, if you got great ways that you're using Classroom Q, or you want to find out more about it, uh, connect with Kyle. And he'd be happy to happy to help you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of STEM Everyday Podcast. Check out all the podcasts on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, or go to uh, SDAC and Remarkable Chatter to find out more. And thanks for listening. You're listening to this podcast on the SDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit remarkablechatter.com.